Hello, and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 33. My name is Alan, and I'm joined as always by my best friend in the whole wide world, Ryan. How Hello. you doing, Ryan? I'm doing all right. I'm here to podcast today. I brought my podcast game on. Got my podcast face. Got my podcast mask. Uh, I, I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> I'm wearing my podcast clothes. These are all things that play well over audio. I'm wearing. I'm wearing my my underwear says I love podcasts on it. <laughs> Katie, what does your podcast clothing look like? Um, it's a nice sweater. See, it's funny because I don't know if anybody remembers this, but I was on this one clothing website a really long time ago, and there was some like podcast shirt. It had like the title of it was like podcast something something. And what? I linked it in the Ooh. chat, and it was just like a regular sweater, but it was like <laughs> oh, I a podcast this. sweater. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay, we all oh, need I, one. I don't remember this, but now I'm mad that I don't remember <laughs> this. Yeah, I was like, we all need to get one. Um, why? Why is everybody sleeping on this? Oh my <laughs> but god! But anyway, we definitely. So need I'm wearing one of that. <laughs> <laughs> And I also have my podcast tee and uh, my pod Wait, computer. Did, as in tea, as in like a cup of tea or just yes. a t-shirt? <laughs> a drink. Oh, okay. I, I, I was worried. I thought you said podcast tea. It was like, do you take dentures out for podcasting? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've got these. the podcast grill on. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, it's Katie Marie. It's Ryan Prasad. It's Alan Ibrahim. We're here. How's everybody doing? What's what's going on in your lives? It's a lot of, lot of work stuff, but uh, I don't know. Things are going all right for me That's anyway. Good. I don't know. School's last my last semester starting soon, so I'll, that's exciting. Ooh. I'm excited for oh that. Oh, my God. Yep. Look at You'll us. You'll be out in the real world. Started this podcast when I was a college student, and now I'm still a college student, but I'm almost not going to be one. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's weird. Same, actually. But like, yes, yeah, totally same. Uh, <laughs> Katie, Katie, what's going on in your world? Uh, I'm going back to school, so I'll Yay, be doing that. Time. Um, I started this podcast not going to college. And now I'm going to college again. Pretty neat. Boom. So anyway, um, so I'm doing that and drawing and yeah, living life, hanging out with my three cats. So pretty chill. <laughs> the cats also love podcasting. Yeah, they do the podcasts. <laughs> God. <laughs> Aww. And there's three of them, so they can host their own podcast. Oh, it's one true. of them has to pay for hosting costs, though. Yeah, mm, that one's gonna one be up. Kitty. She seems the most put together. <laughs> uh, it seems. Well, I was gonna say, by the way, the art that you've been posting online lately, that you've been drawing, is amazing. Oh, thank like, you. People should check that out. Is that's all public, right? <laughs> Not yep. like. Okay, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Theater. Cedar Grave is my public handle, and you can find my art there on like every social media. So hey, she's on the grid. I'm back. It's the grid. Uh, pedagogy is a common theme amongst the three of us. Uh, so because I am also doing school stuff still, and I have a lot of it ahead of me, a lot of it. But I'm still working, and I'm still 
here having fun and ready to talk about a fun movie. We haven't done a podcast in a while, but we're still doing our things. Yes. Absolutely. We're here. Still living our lives. <laughs> uh, we're here and we're going to be discussing a movie called Okja. Uh, do you all just want to get right into it? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. watched the 2017 Netflix original film, Okja, which was written and directed by Bong Joon-ho. Uh, Ryan, co- you recommend There's a co-writer, by the way. There is a co-writer, John Ronson. Uh, John sorry, Ronson. John Ronson. John Ronson. John Ronson. Ron- That's a fun... Sorry, John. That's a John fun... John Ronson. <laughs> it reminds funny. me of Ron Swanson. Yeah. And Ron Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real person's name. Let's sorry. Not real person's- I'm sorry. I'm uh, goofing on your name. It's fun to say, though. <laughs> it definitely. Uh, and this movie was fun, in my opinion. What did? Uh, so Ryan, yes, you recommended Okja to us. Uh, why? And what did you think of the movie? Uh, I recommended it because I watched it on my own and said, "This is a Fireside Friends ass movie." <laughs> so I brought <laughs> it up, and here oh we my are. God, it is <laughs> yeah. nice. And you enjoyed it for that reason? I loved it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it would. And uh, yeah. Yep. I liked it a lot. That's so good. Katie, what about you? Okay. I also really liked it a lot. Um, I mean, like, I guess I'm I'm kind of like an animal person. Um, and so <laughs> I Wait. don't like to okay. eat meat. I'm an animal okay. lover. Okay, okay, sorry. I was going to ask you to clarify, but you're doing it. So yes, um, I don't like to eat meat. I'm very much against like animal cruelty and stuff like that. Like aside from dairy products, I'm pretty much vegan. Aside from the dairy products, um, because I have a hard time giving up milk. I know it's terrible, but anyway, um, so I do like all vegan, all cruelty free like lifestyles. Aside from milk, unfortunately, um, but. Uh, Yeah, so this sort of subject matter is really important to me, and I actually really enjoyed how it was handled in the movie and stuff like that, so hooray. It was a good movie, too, and beautiful, and I cried at the end, so. (laughs) I I have so many questions about that ending that I want to talk about, but I will also say uh, I agree. I appreciated so much about this film and what it had to say about animals and uh, why we eat meat and uh, just like morality in general, I think the the film has a lot of smart things to say about like how we justify 
the the decisions that we make in life that can change a lot of things. Um, but this was also my first actual introduction to the works of Bong Joon-ho, who is a director that I've heard about for a long time. I haven't seen Snowpiercer or Mother or The Host, uh, but I've heard those are all really good films. Um, and yeah. Yeah, for um, what it's worth, I've seen Snowpiercer a while ago, and as before, I was, you know, a socialist, so I probably need to rewatch that. <laughs> um, and then I watched Memory is a Murder not too long ago, and that's the only tube I've seen other than this one, so I need to need to do a little bit of homework, because I really like this guy's movies. So Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alan. He has a style of directing that just, like, every shot that... that has a second to breathe and most of them do looks wallpaper worthy looks this frameable movie's yeah. absolutely beautiful and cinematography is incredible i was thinking the I, same thing just like even these benign scenes like people sitting down to eat dinner look like they're out of a like a like a portrait honestly yeah um, especially at the end in my opinion that was so picturesque yeah. and like you can just feel how like tranquil it is and stuff. And then even in like the scenes where it's not tranquil, you can just like really feel the atmosphere. And I think that is incredible. Right. He uses this sort of like way of holding the camera to, to play with your, your expectation of like the tone. Cause all the stuff at the beginning is like very slow and, and meandering in a good way. Like mm-hmm. you're in the forest of Korea and you're with the main character, Mija and Okja, the, the super pig. Mm-hmm. And, once the film transitions to America, the pacing and the cinematography get like really fast paced and like hard to look at mm. and everything just cuts really quickly. Like they, they like triple the amount of cuts. It starts to look like an American film, honestly, like a traditional triple A action movie, right? Uh, which definitely was intentional because all of that stuff is like very, it's hard to watch Okja like running through the streets of, of Times Square, like tripping and stumbling over people. Um, yeah. But- also, uh, Shannon uh, Strucci did a review of this film and she brought up the fact that uh, Miyazaki was a huge influence on some of those like uh, scenes in Seoul. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's like, there are parts where like the girl interacting with Ocha are straight out of Miyazaki films. Like Totoro and stuff. Totoro yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I thought that, that too. That Street Movies review, by the way, people should watch that. That is also the way the way that I heard that this movie exists. I didn't even know about it. <laughs> and then Shannon did a very good review. Um, I want to talk about a lot of stuff. Where to start? Um, uh, let's start. I want to go back to eating habits real quick because yeah. I don't know. It brings up a point with this movie where okay, I eat everything. I I am not one person who is mindful really of what I eat. I'm I'm a hundred percent carnivore. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. Oh God! Yeah. There's a T-shirt of that somewhere, and I don't want to buy it. Okay. <laughs> I'm probably gonna burn it if I see it in the wild. But in uh, the wild, I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but I don't know. Like clearly, this yes, this has a message of like environmentalism and uh being mindful of what you consume but also like it's also being mindful of what you can like this movie had more of a anti-capitalism thing going on than it had an environmentalism thing going on for me so all of the themes of like 
eating animals and stuff didn't really impact me as much because I was viewing it through the anti-capitalist uh, angle. So whenever people, whenever people talk about it as this like environment, this great environmental movie, I don't really see it as much just because there are so many other factors at work here, and uh, I think the film takes a lot of that into uh, into consideration when talking about stuff like animal cruelty and stuff. Because um, I don't know, uh, we can get into uh, the the meat of that oh, uh, later, a little bit later. <laughs> But uh, yeah. What about you, Alan? What are your what are your eating habits? One hundred percent omnivore. Uh, I can't not be the way that my family cooks food. It's like I I would yeah. eat nothing yep. <laughs> for pretty much for lunch and dinner. Yeah, um, you Middle Eastern like foreign and foreign. I don't know. Not to generalize, but like immigrant yeah. family cooking hella meat is a, <laughs> is something that we share. I feel like absolutely. Yeah. So, but I absolutely like I respect vegans and vegetarians and on all likes. Uh, yeah, and I think that's that's worth committing yourself just, to if you. Just have gonna to say it. this right here: judging anybody for anything that they eat is a fucking dick move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I think the same thing. Well, because especially because like people, some people are vegan not by choice, not because like I respect animals. Because a lot of times, like. You know, when you tell somebody like, oh, I don't drink and you're at a party, they tend to like and they do. They'll kind of look at you like, oh, that's like maybe are you judging me because I do it? But some people who, who do that, like I don't eat meat. It's fine that you do. It's because I have a health issue. Maybe some people can't. Pro- they don't right. have, pro- they have problems processing uh, meat and processed foods. So they're vegan. Um, but yeah, if you if you choose to live your life that way, that's amazing. That's a really uh, efficient way to do it. Um, and more power to you. But uh, the, the reason that I agree with you that this movie isn't 100% um, just like pro-environmentalism is the characters who are the rebels. It does kind of take this like all sides are bad. Yeah, sort of, it does. Uh, perspective. Especially yeah. like with the guy who's he won't even eat the tomato because it's like ripened with gas or whatever and not like naturally sourced or whatever, you know? And I think that's probably my biggest criticism with this movie, if I had to have one. What, like is... both sides are bad? Yeah. Yeah, I I know what you mean. It doesn't take a stance. Mm, um, I mean, there are stances being made, but, like, the fact that the sort of, like, rebel group is, like, very, like, cartoonish in some mm-hmm. ways, and the fact, the fact that, like, uh... There's the scene where they ask uh, the girl, which I don't remember her name because I'm a terrible podcast host. Red? Uh, no, 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 the little... Or Mija. Mija. Mija, yeah. They ask her if she is okay with their whole plan of exposing the uh, company's like cruelty. And she's like, no, I just want to Oaksha back home. And then the guy's like, she said yes, because they're going to go all that way to not do this mission. Right. Um, and yeah, and so he gets beat up for it, which is like not maybe not how like actual like organizations would operate, but in this the wacky organization, this is how this works. And it I don't know. It it felt like it felt like a cartoonish organization in place uh in place of something more official. Like they could easily be 
uh, in place of like an actual organization that works to protect animals. Instead, we got this wacky ragtag group. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely like see that. Teens. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but um, I mean that that's probably my like one of if only like only criticism of the movie was the like oh well both sides are kind of eh, a little bit wacky you know like you say because um though i, 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 I kind of struggle with that yeah but i don't know that the movie is painting the rebel group as all like evil and wacky like the film obviously slants more towards them is just yeah the way right. they go about things is flawed and they're maybe a little weird mm-hmm. uh so i mean it honestly reminded me a little bit like um you mentioned miyazaki being an influence it reminded me of princess mononoke um because yes. it i mean it's not that like it, it doesn't take the stance in Princess Mononoke that, like, both sides are bad or both people can be extreme. It's kind of like um, their coexistence is possible and both sides aren't bad, necessarily. But, I mean, I don't think that was the same stance in this movie. Um, but I did, I guess, like, make that comparison. Um, because I think that, at least in this movie, it's more of, like, Haha, look at this guy. He won't even eat a tomato, you know, um, because he's so extreme. He won't eat a gas-ripened tomato, and he'll, like, faint from hunger. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I wasn't too keen on that little bit there, but, I mean, I understand. Um, Well, because they go from likable rogues to, like, that scene where he's kicking Steven Yeun's face in. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first scene that the rebels are introduced is... They're pulling up on a truck next to the truck that holds Okja, and they're like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. We're not terrorists, but you, please put your seatbelt on. We're please not going to hurt you. Please buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> oh, yep. That's such a good scene. <laughs> yeah. The way this movie handles language is, is so good. Like, between the scene in the truck and then that scene in the beginning where they're like, yeah, th- like, doing the symbol for buckle up, because that's kind of a universal, like, put your seatbelt on, mm-hmm. and he does it. Um, and they're nice and they're kind of like charismatic and funny and they all wave and even when things seem like they're about to get very violent they still only ever use non-lethal methods like uh get ga- like lightly gassing the police in Seoul and like you know they don't like actually I don't think they actually kill anyone or, or ser- seriously injure anyone yeah and they're like I'm sorry I'm sorry this is a non-lethal chokehold right all of that <laughs> stuff is <laughs> this is a non-lethal joke. Uh, it's it it bridges along. It almost like approaches the whole Batman. Like I didn't kill him. I just broke his legs permanently. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so they're likable through a lot of the movie. But then it, as soon as like there is dissent between them and Paul Dano's character Jay, uh, which I like the touch that his name was Jay and the other guy's name was K because they're both the men in black. Yep. <laughs> Don't know if that was intentional, but I dug it. Uh. <laughs> They have these sort of like differing views of like one of them that says we have to do this regardless of the cost. And then he Paul Dano's character says like, no, if we're going to do it, history has to know that we did it the right way. And we got this girl's consent that we're going to use her her best friend in this plot. It does not work if we betray the people that are asking to help us. Which I think is a really you don't see that that perspective in movies like this a lot. 
Right. Where they're like, hold on, hold on. Like, a lot of times, even in, like, a Miyazaki movie, the main character just gets whisked away into, uh, a, like, war between two clans or something, basically. And they're like, no, no, no. This is a person. Miyaja's a real girl with opinions, and she's taken care of Okja since she was a child. Uh, or since she was a baby. We need to know that she's okay with this. And that is, I don't know, I just really liked that they stopped to ask that. Yeah, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the Star Trek sort of thing where it's like conflicting ideology is like examining the situation and stuff, uh, which I thought yeah. was like, if you're going to take the angle of like depicting some sort of organization that is fighting against these systems, you kind of need that. So I'm glad that they end up, it doesn't really matter in the end, but I'm glad that there was that sort of conflict just mm-hmm. the way it, they go about resolving it by violence is not the, the part where I get hung up on. Right. And, and the fact that, that that scene then immediately cuts to ultra-capitalism, Tilda Swinton's character is sitting in her office, and they're talking about, like, oh, terrorism happened. This is the image that's going to corrupt us. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets this freeze frame of the police, like, grabbing Mija, and she's like, yep, that's going to ruin us. And that's such a fascinating look at like how yeah. important images to her and well i, think... I mean like even th- in that scene i felt like that was so fake like um i didn't feel like that was like genuinely her you know what i mean like i felt like that was performative um because i feel like the only glimpse we get to see of of lucy is when she's in the like dressing room and she says like uh, well, it's a shame everybody's so afraid of G- you know, GM food. Um, but yeah, like even in the scene where she's like, "This is gonna be what ruins us," like that felt like like another one of her, I don't know, like TV performances. I really love how these characters are depicted, like just even from the beginning. So the film starts with the sort of her the presentation. Speech. Her presentation. Yeah. Which, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. For this whole movie, in my head, I was like, this is Hillary. This is Hillary. This is literally... <laughs> yeah. And I rewatched some of this movie, not all the way through the second time, but I rewatched the beginning of it, and she literally says, this is my inauguration, as her first line. Yeah, my inauguration. Which is like ridiculous. But anyway... Uh, the fact that it starts off with her presentation and then it goes to Korea um, and the way the sort of Korea is like completely separate from the entire movie, but we we know what the program is. And so those scenes uh, have this sort of like impending doom looming over them where it's like okay we're getting these nice character moments between Mija and Okja and you're just waiting for the shoe to drop on when Okja is going to be taken away and it's very effective Mm -hmm. in just how those scenes are paced and just the undercurrent that kind of goes beneath all of that like beauty and stuff and then when it cuts to like some of the scenes in the city and stuff it just feels like like a completely different world uh, in that way. And I really love how all that stuff flows together or the way, you know, it kind of juxtaposes itself. Um, 
and yeah just the way that these uh ceos are depicted is really good in that uh they're the whole theme of it is like they're more worried about appearances and like how things look because there's even a line too that i really love it's like oh you know (laughs) i turned this really disgusting thing into something that people love and now they're gonna think it's disgusting again like yeah it's very like blatant and blunt about that stuff in a way that's really funny but in a way that's very true of most uh stuff in capitalism where it's like oh we know people people realize that slaughtering pigs is disgusting but uh you put a you know an energetic woman in front of it and some pretty uh powerpoints and it's likable again uh right and all that stuff i thought was really effective and really fun to watch uh especially given the fucked up situation that we're in uh (laughs) and the way also that by the end of the movie uh the like a nice ceo is like uh sidestepped by like the blatantly bad one who only cares yep. about money uh Nancy. that was a lot but yeah i thought all of that was very effective uh, and that's a large reason why i liked this movie so much also played by her really well um i think this is not the first time that tilda swinton has played two characters um but they do really fun stuff with the cinema, the, like the way the camera works when they meet. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they, she lights a blue cigarette, and then her sister lights a pink cigarette, and they touch, they touch the tips together to light them. Um, yep. And I just like that must have been a lot of work to to work that shot out because two CG versions of yourself interacting is like incredibly difficult. Um, but I really like that point that you made, Ryan, about that sense of impending dread because we get to watch this fake ted talk hillary clinton thing at the beginning (laughs) and then we get the pristine perfect uh korea fun time jungle book and then uh we get all of the americans coming in and we get more like language humor and we get Mm. the tv guy who's played by jake bring him up god damn okay (laughs) yeah i was about to say um so just like going into this movie i saw that his performance had been criticized so I wanted to to ask like what YouTube's um YouTube's what your opinions were of of his performance. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal's character as an idea. He's not given anything interesting to do at all. He doesn't uh, get development. He's just like put in yeah. scenes to be like, look, look, look how desperate this person is. Like this is even, sad. even the part where they kind of show him like being upset about him not being as popular because they're going with like the whole Mija campaign mm-hmm. uh didn't really land for me i don't know it just it uh, i i like jake gyllenhaal as an actor he's really talented and i like how ridiculous his character is uh but uh he i don't think it really served a lot to the narrative of what was going on here so so you, it's, a, it's a bummer, but yeah. You think like his character like re- wasn't written in well then? Or do you think that he yeah. didn't do the best job? I think he did a great job. I, I just don't so think so I just Yeah, I just don't think that with... There were a lot of moving pieces and I don't think that his character fit in well. I just thought he was like pitiful not not the not his performance i mean like the character like that is just 
so sad. I don't know. Um, He actually, I know this is kind of like, it might be a little bit mean, but there's this um, nature guy that Eli and I actually follow, Coyote Peterson. And he's just like this really genuine dude who has, you know, a cowboy hat and has like the same general features as Jake Gyllenhaal does in this movie. And he's always just excited about nature and he does tons of good projects. And he's the guy who lets all the bugs bite and sting him. So you can see like the effects on a person. Anyway, we love him. But he (laughs) he sort of reminded me of Coyote Peterson, the character, in, in the nicest way possible. Aside from like the whiny, horrendous, drunk downfall thing that um, Jake Gyllenhaal has, but yes, Coyote Peterson is hot. Can I say that? I'm gonna. Yes, say that. you can say that. <laughs> okay, I said it. I just looked up a picture and woof. yes, <laughs> um, handsome nature man. Yeah, the thing with Jake Gyllenhaal's character is like they they introduce him to be like this is the guy who he he starts off like this is what Americans are gonna do like they're just like obnoxious and bad and he's like trying to like take control of the camera and being obnoxious and mean and then his character immediately gets sad it's immediately goes from that to oh how it's so bad they're gonna use someone else as the image like his whole career is ruined he's depressed he's sitting in the slaughter in the not in the slaughterhouse but like the sad room <laughs> with yeah, all the, the, tools the laboratory and, the, and yeah the lab exactly um the sad room <laughs> um that's a good name for a podcast fuck <laughs> <laughs> That's my indie band name. That's sorry, it's already taken. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting there and you're like, oh, I feel bad for you. And then he gets filmed. And then by the time we get to the parade, he's just a cartoon character. Like yeah. there's so yep. there's like very little depth to him. But I do like the performance is good. They're just they don't give him much to work with, I think. Yeah. Um, he might just think like comedic relief, at least. The, well. No, yeah. because he's so because uh, no, he's in the slaughterhouse and he's fucking up those pigs. Yeah, I don't and know. I felt like he distracted from that scene, if nothing else. Do you think that, like, it might be a cultural difference? His character reading? I don't know. Because I felt like he was kind of odd, too. I don't know how else to describe it. I think he plays into the whole, like, these types of people the people involved in this group are bad for this reason just like the rebels have cartoonishly silly dumb people in their group like it's the same yeah he's just that one of those sense. but he's his performance is way more exaggerated and that's why we pointed out it's like the same thing with um john carlo esposito randomly as like tilda swinton's like lackey character pretty good performance but again like they don't give him any scene he does his his whole purpose is to be like actually i'm working for your sister see ya because capitalism is relentless and he'll work for whoever uh gives him what he wants um like he he like w- is willing to switch the to change face at a moment's notice so right. there's all these like little characters that are willing to do stuff like that um i like to i want to also bring up the my favorite like tonal transition of this movie because i messaged both of y'all earlier saying like the pace of this is fascinating to me yes uh it's going from korea to the boardroom scene to this movie immediately becomes like a Michael Bay action film with the truck yeah. and the chase. <laughs> oh, we need to shout out uh one of my favorite characters in the whole movie is the truck driver. Oh yes. I love him. <laughs> he's great because shit goes sideways and he's just like, I don't have workman's comp. 
Bye. <laughs> yeah. Drops the keys like I don't work here. And then I think he gets interviewed later, and he was like, yeah, was like, my company messed up. I didn't mess up. <laughs> like, oh, that's not exactly the words he used, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I love him. And then the part where uh, the guy that was with him. Uh, he's like, this is what company loyalty looks like, and he gets hit by a dude's car. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he just really runs good. right into the door. It's good. That guy's really lovable. I wish he was in the movie more, actually. Yeah, Mundo. Or Mundo, I, I yeah. know that's what, I don't know how it's actually pronounced, but that's what the translation subtitle said, so. Right, when she tries to pronounce it into the phone, like, phonetically, it sounds a little bit different, but, uh, yep. yes, that's the one you're talking about. Um, Again, that was a really cool visual scene. That's like the next part where she's in like the big corporate room and there's just a big wall of glass because it's yeah. an office. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to talk to Mundo. And the lady's like, nope, pick up the phone. Also, I'm calling the police as you pick up the phone. Yeah. And then speaking of Bong Joon-ho's like really well handled use of violence and like intensity, her going from like trying to yell on the phone to running at the glass window like gave me heart palpitations. I was like, no, nah, no, please don't jump into a window. No way that's gonna break. Zero percent chance you break that window. You're a very small person. I was and then like, she kind she does on like a delay. Which yeah, is awesome. I was like, oh, is she really about to do this? Is she really about to just slam herself into this window? Ooh, I, like I don't know. That had me like physically bracing because like I know I knew that it would not break. Like you know, glass like that is not fragile. When it's in a in a building in a place like that, so I was like, ooh, ooh, please no, yeah, yeah, um, and th- yeah, there are just so many moments of like really intense violence. Like there's that, and then there is, um, obviously like the police and the private military company coming in during the parade, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a little hits a little close to home. Just like watching people that like are trying to protest like getting assaulted, yeah, know, in the streets. And... Like, brutally, at some part. Like, when the police baton is coming down on that guy's head, it's like, Jesus, dude. It's so yeah. much. Because they, they, like, again, like we said, they didn't hurt anybody. I thought it was really powerful when, on the screen behind Mija, they showed an ad for Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Kendall Jenner. <laughs> God, remember, I actually heard he the song. It really from brings that. everything together. I heard the song from that commercial recently, and I was like, why do I remember hating this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this commercial <laughs> never even came out because it was so bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, that there's that scene, and then uh, I'm trying to think of the other. It, it's the, the juxtaposition between, like, here's what it looks like for humans to get brutalized. Isn't that messed up? Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. Straight to, you're yeah. Right. Yeah. to Slaughterhouse. Now watch animals get messed up. And that those are the mo- moments where the cinematography is, like, telling you something. Mm-hmm. It's like you should feel the exact same way. They are literally lining them up, putting a bullet on their head, flipping them upside down, and cutting them up piece by piece, and then putting labels on them. That is actually how slaughterhouses work. Yeah. Yeah. But um, just to touch back on a point that you made, Ryan, where you were talking about like it's definitely more about the economic system than like the idea of eating meat or whatever, because they have fish stew, and it's not um portrayed as bad to be eating the meat on the fish or to be eating a living creature because like it's the sourcing that's totally different and like the difference between the economic systems that is totally different because you know she's like i want fish stew and 
Um, the grandpa makes her her favorite meal at that one point, um, the chicken. And, I mean, it's not portrayed as them being nasty or cruel because, again, they're not just lining up these pigs and shooting them in the head and marking them, you know? Yeah, and by that same line as well, uh, one of the sort of main points of, uh, I think it was like in the parade scene, I think it's, it's, <laughs> I think this is the point where like Shadow Tilda Swinton pops up <laughs> and she says something like, you know, if it if it's good and it's cheap, people will buy it. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is after shit yeah. goes wrong. Yep. Uh, and she says that. Um and I almost wish the movie went a step further because the whole sort of point I thought was like uh, people will eat it because it's good, but also because it's cheap. But because it's cheap, they kind of have to eat it because uh, poor people can't really afford to be that choosy with their food if they want to right. eat cheap. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. Maybe that's for us to fill in ourselves, but. I feel like it could have used a little more like class consciousness in that way. Uh, just sort of like some people have no choice but to eat this, even though they think it's unethical, uh, which happens in real life as well. So right. uh, I thought that was an important point to sort of point out. Yeah. I mean, even in the presentation in the beginning, uh, she's like that these super pigs will be the solution to world hunger, you know, like, yeah. This is the cheap option that we can mass produce, essentially, and put out everywhere across the whole globe. Yay, feeding the poor, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it, I, I love all that stuff that y'all are talking about. And it's what I was talking about earlier, where this movie is very deliberate about like how it, ha- what it has to say about morals. Um, there's all these scenes of people eating the... After Jake Gyllenhaal's character cuts Okja... They they show like everybody now has jerky from Super Pigs. Oh right. Yep. Um, and everyone's talking about like, oh, this is really good. And one of them even hands them to one of the rebels who's in disguise. Yeah. Like, Try it. It's like it's re-. people just keep saying it's actually really good because they're expecting it to be like, well, this is like you know animal yeah. meat and it's jerky. And they're like, no, no, it's it's good food. And they keep saying it's healthy. Like there's a guy in the announcer saying like, take the jerky, <laughs> it's good for you. Um, yeah. Because if you can tell somebody this is good for you. Then they don't. Ha- they won't care if even if you told them later, like this was also harvested from a precious animal that had a soul. They'd be like, no, but it's good for me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. A lot of people can justify their actions by being told, like, no, but it's. I don't know. It's it's healthy, or uh, it's normal. Everyone else is doing it. Like it just kind of you can normalize uh, bad morals with that kind of attitude. Right. I also like the kid in that tasting scene. Straight out, <laughs> straight out of a weird. Uh, commercial where he's just like, "Whoa, <laughs> fucking good!" Yeah, yeah. They had the three people. The old man is like, "Wow, it's good," and the kid's like, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> yeah. The old lady's like, "It's it's the best thing I've ever tasted." <laughs> right. It's the best of the best. Yeah, exactly. They 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 do. I wish I almost wanted even more of that stuff. They're just like fake TV or fake um like character <laughs> moments. Yeah. Uh, and seeing more of the society because I think they say this is over the the beginning of the movie is 10 years before the rest of the film. Yep. I think that part said it was in like 2007 or 2009. I think 2007 would make sense because then it's in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I wanted to see like how they envision this different version of the world changing in 10 years. Uh, 
because you could totally see something like this happening. Like, oh, we worked on a really cool animal and we're going to the way that they justify their morals is like, oh, we're giving this opportunity to like farmers in the middle of like of them in the middle of Korea. Like they get to have a chance at at celebrity stardom and can make the perfect pig and raise it however they want. We're not going to force them to do anything. Right. I just thought, honestly, like, I'm sorry, but I thought that was so like funny, like how exploitative that that was because it's like it doesn't matter how these farmers raise the pigs it doesn't matter that the farmers even raise the super pigs at all because when it goes to like um mass production after the super pig wins the competition like do you think these farmers are gonna have anything to do with the mirando corporation no Yeah, they're gonna get their paycheck and then be ignored (laughs) right yeah again that's just like all appearances Right, right, right. And because like, like w- yeah. Sorry. So like at the slaughterhouse, there's like way more super pigs than they said there were. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So it's hundreds of them. Yeah. So it's all a PR campaign. Right. But also, they were like, what do you only get like for winning it? <laughs> yeah. You work. You work for ten years to make the biggest pig. You get it. They take it to Times Square and they give you a big chit paycheck. It's still going to get slaughtered with everyone else. Like the pig yeah. doesn't get anything out of this. I think that Again. was just their scheme to like reveal the existence of super pigs to the public. Right. And at least to like show the fruits of it and then be like, also, we made a million of these. Um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> and also look, grow... local farmers. Yeah. And also like grow some weird emotional attachment to this process, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that it, yeah, like you're we're gonna we're gonna like do a hearts and minds campaign behind this slaughtering <laughs> festival, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and dress it up literally in a bow. Literally dressing the pig in a bow. Not even not even the metaphor, but they just do that. And then they wheel it out and they're like, Oh, everyone take pictures of it. Like watch the little Asian girl hold out the peach and she's gonna make it come out. Like para- <laughs> literally parading her. <laughs> I know, in her like little doll outfit, like <sighs> Yeah. That, yeah. so that really ridiculous. intense scene where Tilda Swinton's other uh, uh, assistant is like, we actually own your pig. You don't own your pig. Hashtag capitalism. Yeah. You wear our dress or else you don't get your pig. Simple. And she's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Also, I just want to say I really liked the fashion of the, that secretary woman. I yeah, thought she, she, she was so cute. But anyway, regardless of the we own your pig, so put on the dress or you're going to go get pig meat for okja yep and i was like oh okay well <laughs> that's cool i was more of a fan of uh red played by lily collins she's yes. my favorite side character in the movie she's just cool she doesn't even do any like she doesn't do anything uniquely different than the rest of the rebels she's just one of the good rebels um but she i loved her look <laughs> with like the black mask and uh what few lines she had i was just like you're charming yeah. and fun i like i like I like the revolutionary dude um, who shows up in Mage's room with a bunch of flashcards and basically does what amounts to like a Facebook video. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paul Dano's character. He's like, hi. Hello. We, don't look behind you. We're here yes. to help you. And then we, we love, love you. Love which you. is Yeah. It's the end of all. It's the end of. um. What's the movie? The the Christmas movie, the British one. Uh, love Actually. Love Actually. It's totally. Yeah. It's. It's. Um. <laughs> the it's love actually exactly <laughs> yeah and 
she doesn't turn around because that's where they're showing like all of the murder and slaughter. Because if you don't see it, then it's not real. Or right. Not the, I the, actually the, like, in the lab. was like really impressed that she didn't turn around. Like, I thought it was going to be inevitable that she was going to see all this awful stuff happening to Okja, but she didn't look at the screen really. I think Nisha, she knew. I mean, yeah. That's the idea of it. She didn't need to see it because she she figured. Um. The bad stuff was happening. This movie does like is very careful about like what does her character uh, get to see and what doesn't she get to see? Because a lot is happening to Okja that she misses. Going from the translation moment where they all hug her and they're like, "Thank you, you're amazing." She's like, "I didn't. What did I say? What did I say that made everybody happy?" To yeah, like all of this murder and plot happening that she doesn't participate in. Like it's a movie where the protagonist technically saves the day, but. And I really wanted to talk about this scene. God, the way she saves the day is to give up worldly possessions. Yep. <laughs> she gives yeah. them the, the golden, golden pig. pig. I I really wanted that scene to be some sort of reveal that like gold in this universe is really, really rare. I don't even think it was. I think they were just like, ooh, shiny. And they just, <laughs> they yeah, just, just took it. Solid yep. gold pig. Obviously worth a lot of money. So whatever. <laughs> and I mean... In the context of the slaughterhouse being just a bunch of pigs, it makes sense that, okay, you're going to get me some money in return for one little piece of our, like, you know, line of pigs, you know. Uh, it kind of doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. The PR campaign's over. Uh they got a bunch of pigs they need to kill so they can sell it. What's one pig in return for a little bit of cash? <laughs> and right, exactly. That's that's why I wanted to talk about the ending because like am I correct in saying that like she doesn't win? Like the bad guys get all of the super pigs except Ocha. Yeah. She just gets to take Ocha yeah. home and the baby that sits in its and mouth. The piglet. So yes. cute. But then so like the last couple minutes of the movie are just like her going back to Korea with Okja and the piglet and then she sees her grandfather and they eat together quietly and she smiles at Okja or smiles like listening to Okja actually Mm -hmm. she's like looking away which is like a really beautiful again a beautiful shot but I wasn't sure how to interpret that where Okja is like whispering to her yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, how did y'all feel about the very last couple scenes of the movie I thought they were sweet. That's what made me cry when they took the pig and like I could see the pig, the little pig piglet running around and splashing around and flopping down and sitting by everybody and like basically giving Mija the fruit. I don't know. I thought it was really endearing. It was a happy ending, but at the same time, it was a terrible, depressing reminder that the system is always going to win. Yeah. Uh, right. Because they take Okcha and all of the pigs are just like, yo, what the fuck? Let's go. And, and she doesn't say them. She nods at them and says like, yes, yes, definitely. Like, I see you. I can't help you. Bye. Well, I leaves. thought it was more like acknowledging that she was going to take care of the piglet. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's, well, what, yeah, I, that's what I took it But they're still at. all going to die, too. No, yeah, I think that's awful. I mean, I yeah. don't know. I guess what, that just feeds into the post credit sequence that I just showed the two of you because it doesn't it's like a, it's literally a Marvel post credit sequence where it's after like two minutes of just credits and yeah. uh, we see Paul Dano and Steve Yoon's character 
uh, getting out of jail, and they get on a bus, and they meet a new rebel, in addition to all the rebels that survived the events of the film. And then, uh, basically, they're talking about how we have a bunch of new plans, new members. But it, and... it's the guy who drove the truck. Oh, I didn't even... Okay, you're right. Yep. <laughs> I was, I thought it's it was the guy who's like, I don't get workman's comp. It's oh, is company. it really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's like, my company effed up. I didn't eff up. Yep, it's him. That's yeah, that's fantastic. Good. So he he joins, and then there's this like really brilliant zoom out where everybody on the bus turns out to be one of them, and then there's just an old lady who's like, "What the fuck, huh?" And then they just hand <laughs> the old lady a mask, and it's like, "Yes, age means nothing in this world." Yes, yeah. <laughs> Join the rebellion. So there's still hope in that ending, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're still we're still gonna try to fight the good fight, whether or not that's oh level headed and like a good idea, because like we said. Some of the stuff that they do doesn't seem great, but they have good intentions. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, any other stray thoughts about the the flick? <laughs> I haven't said the word flick in forever. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it like sounded weird in my mouth. <laughs> you guys uh. want to see a flick? <laughs> Let's go see a fun flick. Ew. <laughs> it sounds gross almost. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think I mentioned all of my things I wanted to talk about. It's a smart movie, and it's a really beautiful yeah. shot movie. I think so, too. I really, really enjoyed it, actually. I'm surprised Netflix, this was on Netflix. I'm actually right. usually pleasantly surprised by Netflix originals. Yeah. Uh, movies, usually. Uh, TV yeah. shows, not so much. Atypical. Uh... <laughs> y- y'all have both seen the trailer for Atypical, correct? No. No. Um, I will, I'll show it to you, Ryan, after this episode. It is a show that they're putting out about an autistic kid and living with his family. Oh, oh I heard about this. Fuck. That. Nice. You know, it yep. looks okay. horrible. I know all I have to I know mean, now. Yeah. And they're renewing 13 Reasons Why, too. Oh, so yep. All like... right. We can just, yep. And they're making Death Note White. Anyways, that's another conversation <laughs> yeah. for another day. That's why, that's why I voiced my, you know, yeah, surprise exactly. at yeah. how, this, how good this turned out. I uh, have liked their movies. I'll I'll revise my statement. Netflix original <laughs> movies I have enjoyed and no, been yeah, pleasantly absolutely. surprised by. Yeah. Little Witch Academia exists now because of Netflix. Like we can't yes. universally say their shit's bad. I do feel weird though that it's we're like we're sitting here and we're like, this is a smart movie that has anti capitalist themes, but we're watching it on Netflix. On I mean, Netflix original, yeah. What else can you do? I mean you have an iPhone, and you're a socialist. <laughs> you eat food in capitalism. Wow! Check out this hypocrite. <laughs> right, it's all a spectrum. And I bought a microphone for this podcast with money. Oh that you my earned gosh! Working. Uh. Get a load of this. <laughs> what a poser! <laughs> I really like this character that Katie created. <laughs> you know, this guy, look at him. Yeah. Podcast. There are you just so many back. levels of irony. <laughs> you know all the clothes you're wearing? All made by slaves. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I mean, I know, <laughs> like, I, uh, <laughs> just the sad realities of capitalism voiced by an obnoxious dude. Is this yeah, exactly. New character. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers Okja. I think that it was a wonderful film. One of my favorites that we watched in a while. Yeah, like it a lot. It's a good movie. I think so, too. 
uh folks where do we take them next on this podcast adventure uh we i think this is where we do plugs plug city where the grass is green and the plugs are pretty um (laughs) if you want to email fireside friends you can do so by sending us an email over at fireside friends podcast at gmail.com yes Yes. Yay! We should change that soon because it's a bad yes. email address. It's a terrible email address. I will. You know what? By the next episode, that email address will be changed. I'm writing it down on a piece of paper right oh, now. Shit. Ooh. It's gonna happen. It's real now. It's I can't find space. a pen. <laughs> I, okay, here's a pen. Uh, here's a piece of paper. Okay. Good. Oh, all right. right Foley work. I like it. Change. This is happening. Fireside. <laughs> friends email done it'll be happening wrote it down we'll tell you about it next time uh you can also follow the podcast on twitter at podcast fireside where we're gaining a decent following of fun people thanks to good retweets from good people um where you can find uh what else is there what else patreon patreon.com yes fireside friends uh-huh you want to support the show you knew that. And uh, Katie, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I have never said that before. Yes. That's so weird. <laughs> people, <laughs> people can find me at Cedar Grave, like the tree. So, yep, that's where I am. And, and I'm pretty, that is my handle on pretty much every platform. So, that's me. I'm on the grid, and that's my handle, Cedar Grave. Hey. So, yep. Welcome back to the dumpster fire. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Talk Detective. That's one word. Well, it's Twitter, so it has to be one word, but there's no like <laughs> underscore. Taco Detective. That's me. Gotta detect tacos. You can Ryan's Twitter is very good. Katie's Twitter is very good. My friends have good Twitter. <laughs> oh yay, um, thank you. My infrequently used Twitter is over at Alan Ibrahim, spelled like my name, which is A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. And I think that is going to do it for us here on Fireside Friends, folks. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourselves. Bye-bye! Bye!